Old Man Winter here. If I had it my way, it would stay winter all year long. Short days, wind chill, black ice and a good polar vortex. Oh, <laughs> heaven. Wait, is it getting warm in here? Your cold snap is over, Old Man Winter. Spring has arrived. Spring. Spring is here, which means it's the perfect time to get away in the Hyundai you've always wanted. Visit the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event, where you can get great deals on all of our award-winning Hyundai models, like the tech-filled Tucson and Kona, as well as the spacious Palisade. Enjoy wherever you go with the peace of mind that comes with America's best warranty and three years or 36,000 miles of complimentary maintenance. But hurry in. These deals won't last. Add more joy to your journey at the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Now get 0% APR or up to 1,500 bonus cash on the Hyundai Tucson. Now, during the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Offers end soon. Call 562-314-4603 for details. Survivor 46 is here and so is On Fire, the only official Survivor podcast. And we have a twist this season. The winner of Survivor 45, D. Vyadaris, will be joining us every week. We're going behind the scenes of the biggest moments, the how and the why things happen, and the strategy and analysis you can only get from someone like me, a Survivor winner. Listen to On Fire, the official Survivor podcast, wherever you get your podcasts. Uh, Welcome to a very special edition of the Evan Roberts podcast. Today, as we prepare for another Subway series, a series that I freaking hate, a series that I don't like, I wanted to put a Yankee fan on. So I found a Yankee fan who I've now known for a bunch of years. All right. I met this jackass because he was kind enough to volunteer to umpire for Twitter baseball. And so over the years, I've jockeyed with him or sparred with him, maybe is the better term, on Twitter and through text messages about the Yankees and the Mets. I believe he hates the Mets. I believe he's a typical arrogant Yankee fan. And I thought that for this retrospective of the Subway Series, he'd be a perfect guy. So I'll introduce him with his Twitter handle so you can follow him. We'll actually get him more than 17 follows, which is good. Is at Jews33NYC. His name is AJ, and I appreciate you doing this very special podcast with me. How are you on this wonderful day? Lovely. And that was such a tremendous introduction. I thank you very much for it. Is it fair for me to call you a typical arrogant Yankee fan? Is that fair? Absolutely not. I am a very level-headed Yankee fan. I think if people follow me, they'll see that I'm not ever too high or too low. All right. All right, fine. We'll see how this goes for the next half hour, an hour, however long we go. First of all, I as a Met fan hate the Subway Series. I used to like it. I now hate it. I dread it. There are things about it that drive me nuts. As you are a Yankee fan, a team that a fan of a team that's won championships, has always had the upper hand in this stupid series. Do you like this thing? Do you look forward to it? How do you feel about this series? Personally, for me, it's it's pretty much died after the World Series in 2000. I think once the Yankees and Mets played in the World Series, everything else kind of pales in comparison. The only thing that would change, and this is kind of like how I feel about Islanders Rangers, because they're in the same division, there's something to play for. Uh, There's a potential playoff meeting. There's seeding involved. There's a a better record. Certain things that you can compare each other to. Whereas the Yankees and Mets are in a different league, different divisions. You know, it's just what is it all about at this point in time if they're not playing for the you know the big prize is what i say and i I think after 2000 you know as a met fan you look at it differently i think you dread playing the yankees because the yankees are a monster you know they're they're one of those teams that you really don't want to have to play six times or four times because you know potentially you could lose four out of six or three out of four or whatever it may be 
And I think that's a tough thing for Met fans to have to deal with. And the other teams don't. Because you guys are so good. Because you guys are so freaking good. You're amazing. And you always beat there us. You go. There's your answer. Yeah. Well, I'll give, you, I'll give you two things I hate about it. And look, you're right about that. I mean, if you look at the history of this stupid series, the Yankees more times than not come out on top. More times than not, they have won these series. And obviously, it is difficult for the Mets. If they're trying to make a postseason, having to play the Yankees six times, now four times on certain years is tough. But here's the thing I hate. And it's, it's Twitter and it's dealing with Yankee fans because, and I expressed this on the air the other day, and I stand by it. To a lot of Yankee fans, it isn't real unless you do it against them. And what I mean by that is when R.A. Dickey was having the great year he had a few years ago, I was told by Yankee fans, including yourself, I mean, if I could find old tweets, I probably would find this. But you would say, well, he's doing it against the National League East. It doesn't count. Let's go see him do it against the Yankees. And if, God forbid, he struggles against the Yankees, you see, he's a fraud. He didn't count. That's exactly what happened with Dickey. So I have that fear now with DeGrom, who, I mean, look, any sane person knows is legitimately awesome. Everybody knows that. But I believe that if DeGrom gives up five runs against the Yankees, I'm never going to hear the end of it. And that's part of why I hate the what? Subway Series. Does uh, that yeah, make absolutely. sense? I think also that's your guy. You know, you're a big Jake fan. So for me, it's it's just a matter of, you know, obviously I think most people think that the national, I don't know, again, I personally, that the lineups are a lot weaker. Uh, you know, obviously you got the pitcher batting ninth and most of the time you got a weak hitter hitting eighth. So, you know, you can see how pitchers can navigate through lineups a lot easier than when they have to pitch against, you know, the American League lineups with the, you know, look at the Yankees right now. If you face them right now, I think we we're playing what in the city this weekend. So you're going to, you're going to see, you know, a lesser lineup, but, if you're playing in the Yankee Stadium, when they get to load up the left-handers against the Grom or whatever, actually they don't really have that many left. But you have Bird, you have Didi, and all these guys. I mean, it's going to be a much dip, more difficult lineup for him to navigate. Yeah, but wait a second, wait a second, wait a second. No, no one's disputing when you don't have to face a pitcher, when you have to face a designated hitter, that it's more difficult. But it doesn't make the difference between a guy with a one-five ERA and a guy with, let's say, a three-five ERA. You know what I mean? It doesn't make that big of a difference. So, I think it's overblown. I mean, if a guy like DeGrom, especially now, you see that argument about the NL East lineup and the AL East lineup, I think it's an antiquated argument because I look at the Atlanta Braves lineup and I look at the Baltimore Orioles lineup and I look at the Blue Jays lineup and I look at the Rays lineup and I got to tell you, and maybe you'll disagree and maybe if I thought about it more, I would even change my mind, but pound for pound, the National League East lineups may be as good as the as the AL East lineups. Other than the Yankees and the Red Sox, what's so great no, about the AL East I mean, lineup? you know, I, I think the Orioles can, especially in their ballpark, they can hurt you. Stop it. Stop it. They average three and, and a half runs a game, bro. I'm saying. Stop not, it. I'm not mentioning overall they're a good lineup. Okay. You know? Hold on a second. Hold on a second. In their ballpark, Sonny Gray walked in there and pitched six innings, allowed one run. Really? Right. In their ballpark. But, I mean, I, like I said, in okay. their ballpark, because it's such a band box, I mean, anybody could hit in that ballpark. I understand. I'm just making the point that right now in 2018, the argument that was used against Dickey and used against National League East pitchers, I just don't think holds as much water. I mean, look at the Brave lineup. You know how loaded the Brave lineup is. Absolutely. But I mean, again, the bottom line is, you know, when the Yankees are playing, you know, the Mets and they're playing at Yankee Stadium and they got the DH, you know, it's going to be a it's a very difficult lineup to pitch against in Yankee Stadium. I I understand that. But what I don't want to live with. And, I'm, and I, I said this on the air the other day, and you may think I'm nuts. I'm actually, and maybe it's because I think the Mets suck, and they're not going anywhere. Like, I know the reality now. They're, they're not going anywhere. If you gave me a choice between Jacob DeGrom pitching eight scoreless innings and the Mets losing that game 2-1 to one and 11, 
or DeGrom getting pounded. You know, the Yankees just crushing him, but the Mets winning 11-10, I'd almost yeah, take the former. No, I, I know that sounds sick. I'd almost take the dominant DeGrom you performance. You got something to hang your hat again? on. You got DeGrom really as right now. I mean, you could say, right, he's probably one of the better, I think, what, two, three pitchers in the National League, maybe in all of baseball right now at this point. I, I don't know. I mean, maybe Scherzer is the one guy would take over him. You know, if you have a healthy Baumgartner and, and uh, Kershaw, maybe it's different. But, I mean, right now you got to say he's at least top two. Top, top Look two. at that. You're being very, oh, you're being sorry, very yeah, sweet. Man. I appreciate that. I'm in that. a good mood tonight. <laughs> oh, shut up. I, you know, I, <laughs> I'm not in a good mood, mainly because the Mets suck. But um, this Subway series in particular, I, I am of the – and I understand your point about 2000. I agree because – and we'll get into this later when we go through the great moments. All my great moments, or at least I should say memorable moments, because I actually included some bad moments for the Mets because I went memorable. The things that jar in my mind, they're for the most part all before 2000 because of what you said, that the World Series took something away. But I think the other thing that took it away is that this has been going on for so long that every year there's four games or six games. And I'm at a point now where if you asked me, hey, who won the 2013 Subway right. Series? I'd have no idea. I wouldn't even remember it. So I think in a lot of ways, this series has become for very sure. stale. And, I, and again, I, I remember the first one, 97. I mean, I was I was nervous. You know, I, I'd be firstly to, to, to admit it. I mean, they just came off winning the 96 World Series and they're playing the Mets. And it's almost like you have to legitimize it. You know, you got to legitimize playing the Mets. You know, are we really, uh, you know, as good as we think we are? But after, like I said, after a certain and maybe 98, I was a little bit nervous, too, because we had that great season. And, you know, we'll get into some of the memories of that one. But I mean, again, I, I think, you know, once 2000 came around and that was it. I mean, what are they really playing for bragging? Right. What bragging rights? I mean, if you're. If you're playing games in, in May or June and maybe even July and you're done with those games, what does it matter at the end of the season? Like that one year where you guys won 96 games and we were out in the first round and you guys going to the seventh game in the LCS. Who gives it, you know what, about what happened in July? It just doesn't matter. It's true. It's true. I mean, in ways, I remember a few years ago, they play, and I, I, I think you guys won the series, but in 2015, when the Mets, you know, and look, both teams made the playoffs. The Yankees were in that wild card game, and the Mets obviously made the World Series. I remember they played a series towards the end of the year, and it was September. It was the first time they had played, I think, that late in the year, mm -hmm. and you guys won the series. And I remember after the series was over thinking, and I'm disappointed. I don't want to go on Twitter tonight. You know, I don't want to see Nick and Babylon basically say, Hey, your team sucks, no. but it didn't matter right. because the Mets were going to win the division. The Yankees were in the wild card game. We saw what ended up happening. So I think you're right that in the moment it matters because that day, that night, you don't want to be have it rubbed in by the fan of that team. You don't want to deal with that. I don't want to deal with that. That's why I probably try to avoid Twitter after the Mets lose a game to the Yankees. But in the whole grand scheme of things, two days later, yeah. it's kind of forgotten about. In the moment, it can be stressful, mm -hmm. but I think once it's over, wins and losses wise, you just sort of forget you know, about it because it really doesn't matter that the much. The Rangers and Islanders, you know, even after the seasons are over and the Rangers might have made a decent playoff run, you know, you still hang your hat on as an Islander fan. Yeah, we beat you. You know, we lost only once to you. We beat you, you know, 12 of the last 13 times. You know, it's something that you always hang your hat on for whatever reason. Again, you're more competition in the same division and the same conference. Maybe if they took two or three years off, 
and they didn't play for a while, you know, maybe it would kind of reignite the, yes. the, the fire. I don't know. I mean, I just, like I said, I, you know, I, I, there were a couple of games that I was into. I can't deny that. But in terms of, oh, we're playing the Mets tonight or playing the Mets this weekend, I, you know, I'm into it. I'm really feeling it. I haven't had it in a very, very long time. Yeah, but but here's my question for you because – and I guess I'm a hypocrite or – and the description I like to use is it's a car crash. The Subway Series is a car crash, and we're all going to watch it. So I still go to a lot of Met games. I don't go to as many games as I used to, having a wife, having a kid, living where I live. So I don't go to every single game, but I don't miss Subway Series games. When they play over the weekend, I'm going to all three, which I guess proves – Either I'm a hypocrite or I'm secretly more into the Subway series than I admit. I just think it's a, it's a, a, you know, it's a car crash and I have to watch it. Do you what, be honest with me? Because I know you look, you're a good Yankee fan. You don't miss any games, but there are going to be certain games that maybe you won't be able to see. Would you treat Mets Yankees on a Friday night different than Yankees Orioles on a Friday night? If you had a prior engagement, don't you do you treat it the way I do, which is I may say it doesn't matter. But it's, it's more important. TV, I would say it's, I'm you know, I, I would definitely go. have, I mean, if the Groms and the guard, those guys are pitching, I mean, it's definitely something I, I'm intrigued by, but am I into it as if I would, you know, maybe the, uh, Yankees, Astros, Yankees, Red Sox. Absolutely not. Uh, you know, it just doesn't mean the same. It just doesn't, I mean, maybe in, in, in the big picture in the big scheme of things, you know, maybe division wise, Hey, you got to win some, you know, we're, we're chasing the Red Sox. They're winning. We got to, you know, win our games and everything else. Yeah, it's important. But in terms of like a rivalry type of aspect to it, it just doesn't, it doesn't hold. And, and for me, I'll watch the games. But I'm not just saying. And you knew it's funny. You you say I'm a I'm a good Yankee fan. You think I'm a Met hater too, which you haven't mentioned. Yet. Uh, well, I just have fun. Oh, I think you are. I Let think you are. You I think you're on seriously. your best behavior Mike, today. But I think you are. Would you consider are, yeah. Mike a Met hater? Yeah. Yeah. Mike Francesa. Okay. I think he used to be. Did I don't believe he is Mets? anymore. In my in my opinion, yeah. Okay. That's what I do. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. But it, because I'm. That's what I do. Yeah, you know, I I think I don't think no offense, I don't think your friend says it. I think friend says is very different when it comes to that. My my philosophy on Mike and the cause growing up as a listener to WFAN, and I've said this in, I think in the Mike and the Mad Dog documentary, that Mike drove me nuts. I thought he hated the Mets. I thought he was very arrogant about the Yankee juggernaut and all that. I think I, I and maybe it's because I work there now and I know him better. I feel that, yeah, he likes to troll, but I think he even trolls the Yankees occasionally. I think he'll troll all teams. I think with the Mets, and maybe it's because he likes the Wilpons or, or I don't know what the hell it is, but I get the sense that he wants them to do well, but he will he troll them every once in a while. I don't li- I think it's different. Key, I also if think Mike Hughes is good remember for back, to do well. Some of his greatest epic rants are against the Mets. Some of his rants, like you hear him, they, they stink, you know, stuff like that. You have basically him doing it against the Mets, whether it's, you know, he's friends of Will Pond, whatever, it doesn't really matter. He never, ever goes on an epic rant. I mean, again, the Yankees have been very, obviously a very good team for a long time, but I mean, the only time I think he ever really went after the Yankees is when he had a rod and, and he was going out, he was actually taking a Rod's side. Right. I mean, that was, yeah, but wait, but wait, let me ask you this, though, because I think that the reason he went after them with that famous they stink rant <laughs> was that we aired the Mets on our radio station. 
And Mike cares about his ratings, as we all do. We all care about our ratings, and we want to do as well as we can. And when the Mets are playing afternoon games on WFAN and they stink and they're getting one shares right. and they're getting twos sure. and they're dragging Mike down, Mike's I'm pissed good. off. And I really, that's always been my philosophy on this. I have no way to prove it other than I think he was like, you know, these guys are killing my rating. And I think that's what caused it. I don't think there's been anything with the Yankees over the last five years that would cause him to have to go. Plus, the Yankees don't embarrass it. themselves the way the Mets do. You know I mean, if you look at his Twitter, so you know, obviously now that he's on Twitter and you see some of his tweets regarding Cespedes, you know, come to the park early, he's going to run the bases. Yeah. I mean, again, the thing that I... Yeah, but you're not Mike. Well, I don't you know what you're trying to prove to yourself. Look, you, you troll may, me about the Knicks. You, may, you hate you, the Knicks. You troll. You do troll me. So, again, yeah. I, I think it's I me having fun, at, yeah. whether it's you or someone else that I actually enjoy following. I'm just having fun at your expense, I guess you want to say. I don't root against the Mets, ever. Do you? Uh, hold on. Uh, be honest with me. When the Mets are in the NLCS against the Chicago Cubs, and you're sitting on your no, ass because the Yankees no, went no, nowhere. I just said, you what I said is I Mets never really root Series? against them, ever. I said, you know, I do I troll them by saying stuff about them losing? Hey, they're going to lose in four or whatever. Yeah. But, I mean, I'm not sitting there, like, clapping and, like, going crazy because somebody, you know, or the Kansas City Royals beat them in the World Series. I didn't care. I mean, again, I don't want to see them have a parade. But, I mean, again, I don't buy it. Okay, well, there you go. Yeah, not, you don't want to see him have I think a parade. That's, you know, that's fine. Well, you got to be I honest. Seriously, I, I can differentiate fine. this because, again, we've talked about this so many times. I hate the Rangers. I hate the Red Sox, the Patriots. Uh, that's the difference. I can sit here and tell you I hate them. I want them to lose every game. I don't care what the Mets do. They're not in my division. They don't compete with me. Yeah, but you see, but you see why that's condescending? Because I think that they are like a bug. They're like a gnat, and you want to swat them away. You're not hating them at all moments because they're not anything enough for you to hate. They're nothing to you. You have a bigger fan base than them. That's a different – the Islander Ranger thing, and I get that because I'm an Islander fan. I'm a Brooklyn Nets fan, and I know that a right. part of my hatred towards the Rangers and the Knicks is that they have bigger fan bases. It's not about success. Right. What success have the Rangers had? I know they I'll went to a Stanley that. Cup. They lost. They won a Cup since 1994. Right. How many Cups have they won in our lifetime? The Knicks are a freaking joke. I mean, the Knicks are an embarrassment. Right. It's not about success. It's the fact that they have bigger fan bases. See, the Mets have less success I than you, and and they have less fans than you. So they're right. just an they, annoying mm-hmm. gnat. But if they ever get too excited and too pumped up, if say. their fans start Here's to get excited, I, I get you it. don't you know, like From that. a Mets fan's perspective, I think it's almost ground. you can kind of look at it in a similar way as a, what, a, what, a, what an Islander fan looks at against the Rangers. Um, except the Yankees have a lot more success, obviously. Or the Nets look I should say the Nets looking at Knicks. Because no matter what, no matter how you look at the Knicks will always have that brand. They'll always be the Knicks. You know, the Rangers will always be the Rangers playing in MSG. And you just they, the way they're viewed is differently. They have more respect. The Islanders are kind of like, hey, what are they? Just like little team with no home. You know, nobody wants them. Belmont, yeah, right, whatever. Like now that Lou Lamarillo's there. Maybe it changes and they have more respect within the league. But how many years have I sat here and watched teams, or I should say, uh, whether it's a broadcaster or media, disrespect the Islanders because they're the little brother in New York? You know, the Rangers are the name. You know, they're the team plays in MSG. 
So I guess from a Mets, Mets fan perspective, I can understand looking at the Yankees and saying, yeah, you know, they're so well-respected. I wish we were like that. But I kind of look at that as a Jet fan towards the Giants. You know, I wish the Jets were the Giants in a way, the way they're viewed, the way they're looked at. You know, obviously the way they – the last 10 years or whatever it's been, how many championships have they won? I mean, in my lifetime, I, I remember when they won in 86, you know. I mean, I remember when they were, you know, winning that great game against the Bills in 90. So I wish I was a Giant fan. I don't have the hatred for the Giants. So I think that's kind of like maybe where it is at this point. You have like a jealousy, but a hatred is like a very – deep you know like oh i want them to lose every freaking game you know that type of thing i don't i don't think i don't know if Mets fans have i sure as hell don't have it towards the mets though Uh, let's get to some of these great subway series memories and i made a list of five and i gotta be honest they're not all pro mets because the way i did it bro is I put the ones that are just sharp in my memory. I didn't want to do any research. I didn't want to remind myself anything. I want to do it based on how I remember it. And that's why it doesn't feature a lot of things from the last decade, because I forget about the last decade. I got to be I, I know the Mets swept the Yankees a few years ago, and I think even you were like, oh, yeah, this must be your World Series. And I was like, dude, I, I don't give a crap. The Mets suck. Like, really, I'm going to go nuts because they swept the Yankees? I don't even remember who pitched any of those games. So to me... I wanted to do it based on memory and the things that are the firmest in my mind. Did you, were you all, because I told you to do it, did you pick all pro Yankee moments or did you give the Mets some love? I gave the Mets some love. That's very nice of you. That's very nice of you. Would you like to start? I want to be a gentleman. So why don't you give me, uh, I don't know how many you came up with, three, four, five. What did you come up with, five? Yeah, I mean, I came up with, I'm going to give you a Met one to start. And it really bothered me, and I think you'll probably appreciate this, knowing yeah. how much I whine about umpiring. But I'm going to go with the uh, game Matt Franco had the walk-off <laughs> against <laughs> Mariana Rivera. Uh, I, as per usual, bitched about the strike or the misstrike before that. Do you remember this game? Of course you do. It, it was, was strike three. three. And you, no, no, you were right. That was absolutely strike those at that game. I remember every moment about that. And game. Sure. I picked this game because it, it was one of those games that, that got my blood boiling and not many of them did in terms of the negative way. As you know, we own you and we've won many of the games and especially the world series, <laughs> but yeah, that game that I was furious about and you would have appreciated how mad I was at the umpire knowing that I was a Twitter baseball umpire and uh, yeah, but it's it's it was to me as a as a Met fan would probably feel is probably the one of the greatest moments facing the Yankees beating Mariano Rivera with Matt Franco. It's it's funny. I, I put that as my fifth, not number no, one, but it did make the top one, five because. No, no. And I'm with you on that. So I think we're actually thinking alike because. It was an amazing moment, and what made it amazing, not only did Matt Franco get lucky because he struck out, but that baseball game on a Saturday afternoon at Chase Stadium was just one of the craziest baseball games you'll ever see. I remember Jorge Posada hit a home run that I thought was going to win it for the Yankees. It gave the Yankees the lead. I think it was the lead that they had that Matt Franco eventually came back on. Piazza hit one of the farthest home runs you'll ever see. Actually, I think Posada hit one from each side, if I'm not mistaken. You may be right. You may be right. The one I'm, the one that's jumping out at me is the was one that went right down the left field line. So I think it was as a right hand hitter. I think it may have been. I think it may have been. Yeah, I think it probably was. And it was it was such a wild game. But the other thing was 
that win, not only stunning because they beat Mo, not only stunning because you're 100% right, he struck out on the pitch before, but it was stunning because the Mets actually won the series. It clinched them winning the series. And remember, they lost in 97. They lost in 98. So the joy I had as a Met fan in high school at the time was I'm going to get to go to school, even though actually I wasn't going to go to school because I think it was early July. I guess I was just going <laughs> to see people down the street or whatever it was. And I was going to tell the Yankee fans, you know, uh, hold on. I, I want to be clean. Yeah. I know it's a podcast, but you know what I meant. Something about yeah. something about let's, licking, let's, let's if you will. On. I'll leave it at that. <laughs> But that, that was great. It was, but you know what? I, I'm going to be honest with you. You know what killed me about that? And this is yeah. vivid in my memory. That day, if I'm not mistaken, was July 10th. Okay? The next day was my birthday, July 11th. And my mom and dad took me to the game. We went, I mean, me and my dad used to go to all the games. But my mom joined us for this game. Mm. And we brought a broom to Shea Stadium. Because we wanted to sweep the Yankees. And I'll never forget who pitched the, for the Yankees that day. And pitch you guys to victory. You ready? Do you remember? No, I don't. I'm going to give you a hint. At the time, he was having a great year. He may have been leading the American League in earned run average at the moment of that game on a Sunday afternoon between the Yankees and Mets, and he sucked. He does not have a good Yankee legacy, but that particular season, he was pitching well. You ready? Oh, Hideki, I rob you of your money. Fat toad. The late, the late great. Let's let's That's show right. some respect. The late, the late Hideki great Hideki Arabu. Absolutely, <laughs> the Japanese Elvis. Absolutely. But bro, it killed me because yeah. I wanted to sweep, and I was so stupid. I showed up at Shea Stadium oh, on my birthday with a broom, thinking we were going to sweep you. you. <laughs> um. Bro, I kept score of every game oh I've been God. to for the most part since I, I was don't know how. seven. Why? You, bro, you don't think it's cool right now and for anybody listening. And they could probably say, come on, Evan, you're a loser. You don't think it's cool that I can go into another room right now and take out, whip out that book and pull that game out uh, right now? I could do that. You I don't, don't know, think man. that's cool? I, personally, I've, I've gone to games since I was a little kid, too. I, I think having pictures of the game, maybe a, a, a souvenir baseball that's something like that. Maybe one of the giveaways. I actually went to a Met no. game in the nope. 87 nope. season when they had the rally hats. Do you remember those? Where they had the baseball with the Velcro on top of the brim. I actually went yeah. to that game where they played. I don't remember who it was, but I went to the game, and I actually still somewhere somewhere it's in my parents' house. But I actually wore it at the game, even though I was a Yankee fan, and I was about 10 years old. So. I remember that. I remember. I think Lenny Dykstra. I was. I actually. I actually enjoyed watching the Mets back then. But that was a. That was a time. That's something I'll remember forever. But you know what? I'm not saying that isn't cool. By the way, because it is very, very cool. The reason why scorebooks trump everything is that you can recreate the game in a moment. You know, if I pulled out that game we were just talking about, and I think the final score was either eight seven or nine eight, if memory serves correct. The Matt Franco, Mariano Rivera, he should have struck out game, whatever you want to call it. And by oh, the way, wow. Tino Martinez struck out too against Mark Did Langston. Did you ever watch so the Yankees shows they put on with world, moments of glory right? or whatever it was? And they, you, you, you know, they actually replayed that Tino Martinez sure moment. And they had uh, Garcia, who was the, man, the uh, home plate umpire at the time, Richie Garcia, 
on like an interview looking at Richard, the pitch yeah. and he still says it was a ball because you know what he said? Because Carlos Hernandez, who was the catcher at that time, Why? used to pick up the glove too much. And he used to say to him, stop, do that. stop doing that. Don't pick up the glove. Show me where the pitch is. Don't cheat. So he did it. And he goes, because he did that, shows me it was a ball. Oh, my God. <laughs> so, oh, what an ass. I, what an ass. Myself. I, I hate umpires. I really do. I mean, geez. Oh. Uh, well, any, anyhow, you can recreate a game with a scorecard. I, that was my number five moment. I'll give you my number four moment. And I think it was because what it led to. And that was you guys was at Yankee Stadium. The Yankees won game one. They had won game two. It was 1999. So it was actually the same year as the Matt Franco game. And it was that Sunday night game yep. at Yankee Stadium where the Yankees were going for the sweep and the Mets had fired their coaches. And I remember many things about this game. Number one, Roger Clemens had some crazy streak going on. I think it was consecutive wins, consecutive decisions with a win that had dated back to the previous year when he was with Toronto. So he had that streak going on. Your boy, your boy, the greatest modern shortstop in the history of baseball, El Capitan yep. Derek Jeter, had a streak of consecutive games getting on base. I think he had literally been on base in every single game that year, and it was Outlider versus Roger Clemens. And I remember my dad, you know, we were down because the Mets were, I mean, they fired their coaches. They were playing horrible. And my dad said, look, son, we're going to end Clemens' streak. We're going to end Jeter's streak, and we're going to win this game, and we're going to turn the season around. That's exactly what happened. Piazza hit a home run off Clemens. What else is new? They stopped the Jeter's streak. They won the game. And they went on a great run after that and obviously made the postseason. So that game and then That's what it led to. a very memorable on game. On my list. I, I do remember actually when they fired the coaches with Valentine as the manager and everything. It, you know, definitely had something. If it, and it led to a, a really good run, obviously. So uh, it stands to reason why you'd pick that. Uh, my number four. And, I mean, I didn't necessarily put these in order, but they just kind of came you know, to me as the ones that affected me the most positively, negatively. The game that I, I – one of the games I went to was in Chase Stadium. And I went with a, a Met fan friend of mine uh, and my brother. And I went to go see the Yankees, and it was when the former Met great, Doc Gooden, pitched and led us to victory in Shea Stadium. Uh, and if I'm not mistaken, oh. wasn't that also the game where it started out with Knobloch oh. hitting that ball to left center field, and then uh, they coaxed – the umpire into calling uh, interference on Todd Zeal uh, to start the game. Uh, yeah, and uh, yeah, it was a, a memorable game for me because <laughs> yeah. I remember just the I the passion so. of the Met fans because Doc was on the Shea Stadium mound wearing a Yankee uniform, and it was a it was actually one of my first Met Yankee games that I had attended, and just the idea because I grew up in the in the eighties and I watched Don Mattingly and I watched Keith Hernandez the Mets Yankees thing. And Doc Gooden was must-see TV for anybody. And whether you're a Yankee fan, a Met fan, or whatever, at that time, 85 was one of the most amazing years. To see him standing <laughs> on that Shea Stadium mound wearing a Yankee uniform, I mean, obviously he threw a no-hitter a few years before that, but I just couldn't believe I was standing there watching him pitching against the Mets. At Shea Stadium and seeing Met fans just furious about it, we barbed going back and forth, but it was a great experience one of uh one of my favorite actually uh in yankees mets uh, uh, well 
I put that moment together because of the day it was. That was the first ever two-stadium doubleheader day, which was a really interesting idea, and they did it a bunch of times, and it, it happened because of a rainout, uh, a Sunday night rainout where David Cohn was facing the Mets at Yankee Stadium. Yep. And the Yankees actually had an early lead. The rains yep. came. They rained the game out. Robin Ventura did his shtick on the tarp where he imitated he was Mike Piazza. And I, I, what I remember about that moment, the, um, the rain out, was I was at Yankee Stadium with my dad, and it was so bad, the rain, and the concourse was so jammed. I felt like I was in prison. I told my dad, I'm going to go sit in the seat and get soaked. I don't care. I can't deal with these just smelly humans. And so I remember sitting and just getting poured on for an hour but yeah. I did see Robin Ventura do his shtick, and that was kind of funny. But that's what led, if memory serves correct, to that doubleheader. And that doubleheader is the next one on my list, too, because <laughs> it was everything. Doc Gooden coming back as a Yankee was the most evil thing I've ever seen. Not because of Doc, but because of George. George was a real douche sometimes. I'm sorry. He was. The only reason he did that was to stick it to people like me and Beningo and my dad and diehard Mets fans. He hated us. That's why, And that was Doc's first start that season. He did it on purpose. He was just being a troll. That's all he was doing. He was trolling the Mets fans. Now, it sucked that the Mets couldn't hit Doc Gooden. I mean, this wasn't the old Doc Gooden. This wasn't Dr. K. And that's on the Mets for not being able to do it. But I admit, when he took them out, I gave him a standing ovation because I love Doc. Once the game started, I couldn't stand him. But it wasn't just that. It wasn't just Doc beating the Mets. It was what happened that night. Because then me and my dad got on the subway. We went to Yankee Stadium. And that was the Roger Clemens being Mike Piazza in the head game. Yeah, Glenn and I don't remember much about the game other than it was close. I think Glendon Rush pitched for the Mets. And the Mets lost. And the Yankees won. And they swept the doubleheader. And not only did you sweep the doubleheader, but Doc comes to Shea. And Clemens beans Piazza in the head, and then it led to the, the feud because I think the next day or a couple of days later, Mike Piazza had the press conference basically saying Clemens did it on purpose. So I'm with you about that, except I, I, I jumped them together. I put them together because that whole day was very memorable, and we had a few other oh, two-day yeah. or one-day yeah, two-stadium doubleheaders. Yeah. I think the other ones are less memorable. I know Carlos Delgado had a big day in one of the doubleheaders. Yeah. It's Chase that's right, and Sidney Ponson pitched against the Mets in the next one or whatever happened, but the first one was very special. And, in fact, you know, we talked earlier about a doubleheader, like changing the subway like series, having it less often. I think they should do the two-stadium yeah. thing every couple yeah. of years because it's kind of cool. I mean, you might have a problem with teams wanting to do that, you know, as far as uh, having – Yeah, in the two that. stadiums, why not? Yeah, whatever. Yeah. So that was – Oh, wow. Yeah. Cry me a freaking river. Cry me a river. Mm-hmm. But that was my number three. I'll give you my number two. My number two, and this one, this haunts me. This haunts me. In fact, I was talking about it with my wife earlier today because we were talking about fandom. Because she doesn't understand. She tries to understand. She tries to understand what I deal with and what you deal with as a sports fan. And I told her how horrible I was to one of my closest friends because of a baseball game. And that was my friend Chad. Oh, God. Uh, my, Chad's a, my friend Chad's a Yankee no. fan, and I took him to Mets Yankees in 2009. This is my recent one. He dropped the ball! Yeah. It was. <laughs> what? Do you even what know is? what I'm about to say? Oh, God. Oh, shut up. Oh. <laughs> yeah, I got, I got a tirade for this one. So, so get ready. Get comfortable. All right? I got a tirade. Number one. I treated my friend so badly after this game. I was going to drive him home. I refused. I said, you go find your own bleeping cab. 
And, and that was wrong, and I shouldn't have done that. Yeah. I've apologized to him many times. Mm-hmm. But I was very, very upset. And what you have to understand, and you know this, you're a good baseball fan, is a week earlier, me and Beningo went on a Met road mm-hmm. trip. That road trip was in Los Angeles, California, where the Mets played the Dodgers. And the Mets were not having the greatest year in the world. On that road trip, we were at an extra inning game, which back in New York, it was probably 1 o'clock in the morning. For us, you know, we're in L.A. locally. It's about 10, 1030. And in extra innings, Angel Pagan yep, hit this majestic double up the alley to give the Mets the lead. Except Ryan Church missed third base. Ryan freaking Church missed third base. <laughs> so here I am at Dodger Stadium with those horrible people. They are horrific, horrific people, those Dodger fans. And I'm on the, I'm jumping up and down. Pagan, you're my boy. What a majestic hit. And then when yep. I see that they rule churches out, I wanted to throw up all over the field. I, I just, I was so disgusted. And when they lost that game, I had never been that angry for a regular season game. And I got to hand it to Greg Giannotti, who is now the morning show host, and he's a star. And I want everybody to envision what Giannotti did, because this is what makes Giannotti great. G saw I was irrationally upset. I was not speaking to him. I was not speaking to Beningo after the game. That's how upset I was. And Giannotti knew, you know how I can get Evan to laugh? I'm going to start doing my Mike Francesa imitation, except it's going to be X-rated. And so G started imitating Mike, saying the most disgusting, awful things a human could say, because he knew it would make me laugh. And it did. And I know we can never, you know, record that or play it. It would be way America can't handle it. Okay, they just can't handle it. But let me tell you something. That Giannotti made me laugh. But the point is, I mean, let me get to this. So the point is, that happened a week earlier. So I'm sitting at Yankee Stadium on the upper deck in left field, and when A Rod hits that pop up, Chad, that day, this is why I didn't drive him home because he stands up and says, "All right, let's get out of here." And I could see from the beginning that Castillo was having problems. I could see it. He was shaking. And I said to him, holy crap, he doesn't have this. And then as he drops the baseball and Yankee Stadium rocks, and I got Yankee fans swatting me. I haven't even said anything. I said he was in trouble. They're they're hitting me with their hands. And all I could scream is, they did it again. They did it again. They Those beeping, beeping, beeps. Did it again. I can't believe it. And when I walked out of Yankee Stadium, it's the only time I've ever done this, I was talking to myself. I was like the crazy homeless guy. I was having a full conversation with myself about, I can't believe they did this. I can't believe they did. And I know it's not they. It's one guy. It was Luis Castillo. But I'm thinking about right. Ryan Church. So that right. moment, you hear the passion coming out of my voice. It, they suck that year. Remember, it shouldn't even matter. I remember that game they well, and it was anywhere. on my list as well. And I'll skip over it. But I remember me to this day, sending you the okay, video the of the yours, guy in the stands, the Met fans celebrating, screaming, put it in the books, which you could be that guy. And how badly would you feel after that, surrounded by all Yankee fans screaming, put it in the books, as the ball's mid-flight and then drops. And great base running by Teixeira, by the way, scoring first base. Uh, but that was, that was definitely a memorable game. Uh, but I guess we'll skip over that. We'll go to my next one since that's on my list. Yes. Yeah. Uh, I went to Absolutely. another game Absolutely. early on uh, where I think it was, yeah, it was 1998. It was during that season that uh, we won 114 games, a season for the ages, 125, if you want to count the uh, playoffs and everything, where we played you guys in Shea Stadium. 
and I believe it was the first game. It was Friday night, and all right. Well, the uh, the game where an old fan favorite of Met fan yeah, came in. I know where you're Mel going. I remember it. Go ahead to face Douche. the Warrior, Paul O'Neill, and we all know what happened after that. Uh, a nice uh. little jack job to left center field, and we were off and running. But that is one of my one of my most memorable moments as I remember thinking that was early on. As I mentioned, when the rivalry, so to speak, in these Subway Series games used to get me going, that was actually a time where I was nervous going into a series. Because here we are having this amazing season. And I'm thinking to myself, we cannot let we can't let the Mets derail it with a bad weekend. Can't let it happen. And, you know, you had, I think, made that was the game Leiter started, if I'm not mistaken. Al Leiter started that game. Am I right about that? I think so. I believe, I I, believe Al Leiter started that game. And I, and I remember the decision. I remember the moment of Rojas. The game, but I, I was with a friend of mine who was a huge Met fan. And he literally left the house. He walked out of the house basically just said, I'm not watching this F, you know, when just left. And I'm like, okay. And I watched it. <laughs> not a minute later, the home run is hit. I still hear Ken Singleton with his call saying, this one is gone. And I erupted. He looked at me from the outside on his deck and he just said, F you, I'm not, I'm not coming back. And that was it. But I mean, it was literally one of those things where I can remember where I was the, the the way I felt when the ball was hit, knowing that it was going to happen, because everybody was basically saying, Mel Rojas is a, a bum. What the hell are they doing bringing him into this game? And O'Neill was, you know, again, one of our, our you know, clutch right. RBI men at that time. So it was a great moment and something that I'll remember for probably as long as they play these games. Yeah, it's it's vivid, and I I remember first guessing that. But then again, that doesn't mean anything because everybody was first guessing the idea of Mel Rojas coming into a game, nope. a big game like that against Paul O'Neill, and it was immediate. It was and not that Paul O'Neill did not work the count. Paul O'Neill did not battle. Paul O'Neill did not foul pitches off. If memory mm-hmm. serves correct, I think it was the first pitch Mel Rojas threw, and it was a fly ball to left center field that went into those bleachers in left center and the crowd erupted. And what was cool about that Subway Series and the one before that was that it was only Mm -hmm. the three games. That in 1997 and 1998, it was only the three games. And that was the first time the Yankees were at Shea Stadium in a regular season game facing the Mets. So there was something very special about that. (laughs) So it's vivid in my mind. That that would have probably been in my top five before the Castile oh, game. Like if we did this ranking, you know, 15 years ago towards the beginning, that was up there because I hated Melly Quidas Rojas. He was a horrible human being yeah. and he was a horrible pitcher. And those two things are a terrible, terrible combination. Oh, yeah. But I, I do remember the Mets salvaged the finale of the series on a game-winning sacrifice fly by Luis Lopez. And I walked out of Shea Stadium annoyed because we lost the series. Well, what was I supposed to do? Celebrate that we won the finale? We salvaged the game, and that's great. We didn't get swept. yippity doo da. But the Yankees won the series again. And after what happened in 1997, and that leads me to my number one, okay? I, I, 
And I want to put them together because it's not even game two. It was game one and it was game three. And what was so odd about the first ever Subway Series was, number one, it was weird. We were never we never thought this would happen. Now the Mets are playing the Yankees in a regular season game. It didn't make any sense. But it was also middle of the week, which up until recently we'd never had. I think it was a Monday night, a Tuesday night, and a Wednesday <laughs> afternoon. And I got to thank my parents and my dad and my mom, but my dad really pushed it. I had a Regents exam that afternoon. And my dad said, wait a second, this is the first ever Subway series. We have to go. And so I'll start at the end because the end was the bad. The end was game three of this series. The Mets obviously won the opener, which I'll get to. They lost game two. And in game three, this is it. This is to win the first Subway Series. There's only one first winner. That doesn't happen, you know, over It doesn't happen numerous times. It happens once. And I'll never forget Steve Beezer drawing the balk against David Cohen to tie the game. And I'll never forget John Franco. I think it was the ninth inning. I don't know if it went extra innings. It was the ninth. It was the tenth. It was something. And he was facing Tino Martinez. And I, I was in... I was in the left field upper deck, so there was a blind spot. And so when Tino hit the baseball towards left field, I was never going to see where it was going to land. And I just had to wait for the reaction. And so as that ball is in the air, and I'm trying to see, is it going to land fair? Is it going to land foul? Is this game over? And all I saw was the reaction. It was the kick in the you-know-what, because after the emotion of winning the first-ever Subway Series game, we lost the series. And Tino got the game-winning hit, and John Franco walked off the mound with that stupid grin that he always had whenever he blew his save or got a loss. And it was awful, but that first game, man, oh, my God. Dave Malicki walking in a Yankee stadium. And you, boy, I know you're a big, big, big fan of Gary Cohen, but Gary Cohen had one of those great calls to end that game as it's all Met fans at Yankee Stadium, all the Yankee fans, all of the rats had left the sinking ship. They were all gone. We owned Yankee Stadium. It was surreal, and we scored runs early against Andy Pettit. We beat him up. We beat him up, and it was 6 nothing. And so the crowd is chanting the two-strike chant, and Dave Malicki, Dave Malicki never did another thing in his freaking <laughs> life as a baseball player, but he delivered that day, and he threw such a nasty curveball, and El Capitan had no idea. He didn't know what was coming. <laughs> hey, just remember this. Well, I mean, you know, listen, I mean, the first, the first, and we it was won something the new. first ever it was Subway fresh. Series game, and that was my um, was favorite moment, and nothing will ever top it. You know, most Mets fans, I think they even had, they even had a, uh, something they show on SNY still about that game. They, they'll go down for the rest of, uh, you know, Met fandom, whatever you want to say, you'll see that game 20, 30 years, 40 years from now. But, um, you know, I mean, we can't do, obviously, yeah. World Series which to me the all-time, you know, greatest moment for me is is Bernie Williams catching that Piazza fly ball, which I thought was gone, um, you know. But for me, I mean, I, I went, you know, I, I went a, a you know a direction with mine was was Luis Castillo, but unfortunately, you took that one because I thought that was like the greatest uh, moment, and it kind of typifies the teams, the organizations, you know, where I don't ever imagine a, a Yankee loss you know years ago they had the Andy Hawkins 
Yeah, no hitter with the errors with Jim Laird's dropping the ball in left field and Jesse Barfield in right field and there's so many different comedy of errors. They had Bobby Meacham and and Dale Barra being thrown at the plate at the same time by Carlton Fisk yeah. and all that stuff. But I, you know, playing against the Mets, I can't imagine a more perfect example of what these two franchises are, where you have just the thought that you could get there you had that win right there it's in your grasp no no it's not and you lose and to me that kind of just as i said encap encapsulates the the organizations and the directions that they've been going in for the last i don't know what do you want to say 20 25 years um for me that is the all-time uh moment in in the subway series because i just think it not only was it funny not only was it funny to me uh, but it just it stands for something, don't you think? Like when you look back and you say Luis Castillo, the the, the moment he dropped that pop up and the Yankees won. Wow! Don't you think wow. that that leaves you feeling like you know what it would happen against the Yankees? That makes perfect sense. Right. It, it, it's 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 a really good point. No, no, you really do make a good point because mm -hmm. I don't remember anything else about that series. I don't remember anything else about that year. The only thing I remember is the next yeah. day, Fernando Nieve, I think it was, pitched pretty well for the Mets, and they may have won the game. I don't know what happened the day after that, and I don't know what happened at City Field. I don't know anything about that Subway series, but mm -hmm. I remember that. And what's weird about it is... What does it mean? I mean, the Mets had a terrible year that year. Your team won the World Series that year. So it, it's, it's so memorable. It's true. It, and it is probably – and I didn't want to include the World Series. I would do a separate podcast about the World Series. That, that, that World Series takes an hour. So I didn't want to get involved in that. It's not regular season. And maybe down the road I'll do something with that. So I wanted to leave that part out because it's so different in many ways. But for the regular season – it probably, yeah. if I have to measure it, it probably is the most negative thing because to drop a pop-up, to drop a freaking pop-up, to have a moment where you are going to win and now you're going to lose. Not the game is tied and it's a slow death. Not that. Like, literally, you pop up, it's dropped, and credit to Teixeira. You're so right because he deserves a lot of credit for that. He made that happen. It went from yep. Mets win a game. What a great game. What an exciting game. A-Rod pops up. Let's boo him. He stinks to this horrific, horrific moment. And the other thing it did for me, remember, that was the first year of the new Yankee Stadium. And for a lot of people, the new Yankee Stadium was stale and it was blah. And to me, that was my moment of, I hate this place. This is my new house of horrors. I know it's not the old Yankee Stadium, but you just gave me right out of the gate that moment. Yeah, I mean, it's also one me. of the few. So right away as a Met also, fan, I started also to one hate the new Yankee Stadium. It's also one of the few games that I can sit here and tell you that I listened to every single so, call. I on totally the TV side for both teams and on totally the radio side for both teams. I, I don't think saying, I've done that. Go ahead. Ever. No, no, go ahead. I don't think I've ever listened to any of the Subway Series games where I wanted to hear Gary's call. I wanted to hear Howie's call. I wanted to hear Sterling and Kay or whatever. That was the game where I – because it was so amazingly – you know, just one of those things you just shake your head like, what just happened? I had to hear their call and how spontaneous it was. And <laughs> I remember hearing not only Gary, yeah. you know, screaming what he did on his telly, but hearing like Keith and Ron 
you know, just their reaction. Because, you know, they both make noises. During the, I, I, think, I think it's more Keith than anything else. When something happens negatively, he makes that loud, oh, sound. So, you know, I listen to it, – it, it's so memorable that I still – I remember, you know, each call on both sides of whether it's radio and TV. Right. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Now, here's the one thing I will ask you, because you made a comment about SNY showing the first ever Subway Series game, which was a great game, right. and it was a hero. The hero is Dave Malicki. Yes, Network, and the Yankees have so many great you know, moments. I, I, I actually heard you say this a lot, before. and that's odd to and, me, because you know, I, that I, I don't moment think it's a classic. is more about the Mets I think it's one of the greatest it is something like, great the wonders the that I've ever seen in a baseball should, game, should, should yes you know, Network to lose on a, a, a routine pop-up in the uh, short outfield grass. I mean, I, I don't know how many times it's happened in my life. I don't remember you know, how many times that's happened. A walk-off on a pop-up where you win, but then you lose. I don't know. That Maybe that's why, because it's so... You know, what, what happened was so shocking, and it helped us win a game. Maybe that's why. Maybe that's why it's being shown. I don't think it's a Yankee classic game, but I think it's a Yankee Met classic. Yes. Right. So right. they're trolling. Then they're trolling Met fans by even playing. It. Sure. I mean, because they play. I mean, I think it's, and the Yankees have a. The Yankees are the greatest franchise. But in you know, it's baseball. funny because you know every year they play these be, games. So patri- it is a memorable patri- game. Maybe that's, that's again why it's being shown is because it is a memorable game. Like that Yankee does feel like it's for how it ended. Okay, I just I just want you to confirm that that that's what they do. Yeah. Well, it's it is going to take a lot because, and I know there's other things you could just touch on. You know, Paul Laduca in '06 yelling at a Rod, a Lace Lairs game. But I, honestly, between '97 and 2000, and I'm not including the World Series and that moment in '09, nothing and, and the Doc stuff in 2000. But that's 2000. No, all of it's forgotten. You know, you say 2011. I can't tell you a damn thing about the Subway Series. I, I'm sure you can look it up remind me of something and i'll say oh yeah yeah i remember that if i look at a scorecard maybe i'll remember it but the subway series used to be so special like i think you and i could probably cite everything from 97 98 99 2000 and maybe it is the world series maybe it's the fact that's every single year uh, unfortunately when you watch these games this weekend whenever anybody's listening to this maybe you're listening to this after the subway series occurred but then there's yeah. another one coming up at yankee stadium so you got two of them uh it's lost its meaning and that sucks because there was something so magical about those first few years. It was the World Series. You guys, you Yankee fans like to say, this is your World Series. It well, was. I mean, it's, it's you pretty much like how right League is at this point. I mean, it was in the beginning of Mets Mets play. But and, you know, yeah, it's 90s, fresh. Man, it's new. It you're you're seeing Mets Series. Yankees really, on the field really in a game cool that, a shame that counts. That you know, I mean, I remember the first time watching a Mets Yankee game might have been for like the, what do they have, the Governor's Cup or the Mayor's Cup, something like that. It was the Mayor's Trophy game in the late 80s, and I remember Al Leiter pitching for the Yankees at Chase Stadium. And, you know, like David Cohn, I remember him pitching. And I, I would just it, – it was fun, but it was like, you know, yeah, it doesn't count. And, you know, whatever Mayor's happens, happens game. type Mayor's of thing. Trophy the spring game. training games, although George always wanted to win those games. I You know, I never got into it. I really was into it from 97 to, you know, the World Series. As we said yesterday, it was, it was something that was – 
was competitive. You know, both teams, the Mets were starting to become a, a good team again at that point. You know, you look at the Valentine years when they brought in Piazza, had Leiter, Ventura, Olru, those guys. Uh, I still think your 99 team was a better team than the 2000 team. Yeah. Uh, I think yeah. that team, because of the because they had with Cedeno, Ricky, you know, they had a really good lineup, Olrud. I thought Olrud was a much tougher out than Zeal. Uh, you know, I, I just thought that team actually was was more dangerous than the 2000 team. I even th- I even thought – I even called Beningo they in were. 2000. I said the they Yankees are going to win the series in five. And I told him, I said, your 99 team, the team from last year, would have given them a better a better series. And I still believe that to this day. Yep. I thought that team was – it was probably the most well-rounded team you had outside of maybe 06. Yeah, I think the only advantage 2000 had was the Mike Hampton factor, though he did not pitch well in the World Series, but he did pitch well, very well in the National League Championship Series, obviously. He was the NLCS MVP, but I happen to agree the 99 team was a lot better. Uh, it's been fun. There's been a nice little roll down memory lane, AJ. I appreciate it. Uh, you can follow AJ and his Yankee fan wisdom at Juice33NYC. This has been a very special Subway Series retrospective of the Evan Roberts podcast. Until next time. Bye.